point in waiting any longer. So let's bring her out. The star attraction, the one you came to see. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Ms. Judy Gold. So at last we left our hero. We were in Miami with three days with like Sophie Tucker. Rickles. I just so what was Sophie Tucker like? Just like if you ever saw her, she was larger than life. Right. Dirty. Right. <laughs> funny. Abroad. And she left. She had a kid, right? And then she left the kid. And I didn't know that. Or she was from Connecticut, right? Or yeah. yeah, I don't know. But she did a number. I mean, now she had to be in her late sixties. Oh, okay. At this point, more, right? Huge, and her opening number, she came out on stage in a sequins cowboy suit, right? Tight pants, white boots, white jacket, white hat, guns, and did a number, um, bang bang Lulu from. Dallas, right, and she all sex, you know, right, and, and you thought of it when you look at it. You say, I don't know, <laughs> but she was amazing. She was a real pro. Yeah, and Rickles was down in this. I just bar. can't imagine him being mean. He well, was an angry guy at that point. He he really was. How old was he? I don't know. It was nineteen sixty-eight. Right, I wasn't born yet. So, uh, but he was drinking a lot. Then. Right. Yeah. And uh, Sean, we went out and hit golf balls with Dick Sean, came right. back and had drinks with Rickles and right. then oh had God. a snack with Sophie. Yeah, that's what I used to do too. <laughs> All right. That's so, why I talked about Judy. I had that yeah, podcast oh, yeah. with Judy. And then you went. And then I, then I had lunch. <laughs> okay. I, I thought this was about things that you were mad at. I am. You're, I'm going to get well, there. Well, like, we're not going to have any time. You're going to yes, be mad at me by the time. No, I'm not. Okay, this is what I need to... This is really what I love about you. So, first of all, you wrote the... Um, what was the skit uh, about the um, the guy brings the wrong baby home? That was the first Van Dyke show that Sam and right. I did. So, and, um, and you got a lot of shit for that. No, not really. Uh, you, before we did it, right. the network was very concerned... Because this was in 1962. Right. My year of my birth. And uh, <laughs> a new Jew comes into the world. And, right, and uh, the civil rights movement or the pot, the pot was just starting to right. simmer. And it was not being received well. You know, there wasn't right. a big thing at that point. So we, when I had, when we had our first when I I don't like her when I had my first child right I was living in the Hollywood Hills this is with your which wife for, with, with my the first one. former previous wife. previous former I don't okay. know my uh, original my original wife right there you go. anyway uh so we're living in Hollywood Hills and uh I was I'm very crazy about plans and stuff as Qu you know Liza yes. we were always on time we never right. missing so I timed the trip to the hospital on various roads at various times of the day right and even <laughs> at two in the morning I right. just wanted to be sure what I had so it actually happened at three in the morning 
And I was very confident, and I'm rushing to the hospital, and a block from the hospital, I stopped for gas. (laughs) (laughs) I just didn't want to run out of gas. That's great. Yeah, I mean, that's me. I'll do that. (laughs) There's a time where... Where we were on a vacation and we changed planes in Puerto Rico. Right. And we were coming to New York and we had the bags on the thing. And where we, this thing in Puerto Rico is huge. And the, right about 10 feet from where we were, the belt went up a hill right. and then disappeared for about an hour and came out again. (laughs) And so somebody said, oh, I need my thing. So I bent over and all of the tickets were in my pocket and they all fell out. (laughs) I started to climb up this thing. (laughs) And they thought, there goes Bill. Never, never see him again. Um, So you hung out with Farrah Fawcett. Well, Um, Farrah, Farrah, we used to, they, you know the Billy Jack movies? Do you remember them? At wait, all? wait. Oh, wait. oh, okay. Go you ahead. Sorry. From the, okay. I know. From I jumped what? ahead from the That's My Boy. Oh, no, yeah. From well, the oh, yeah. Black so, Baby thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. What Don't, ha- that's not, you gave it away. So. God damn it, Leonard. So, at any rate, when we were, when my baby was born. Right. We kept getting the wrong flowers. And right. Stones, and I thought, Jesus, how do you know you got the right baby, right. you know? And so told Carl that and yeah. he said I love it. It's the first show we ever wrote. Right. And uh, the problem was at the end how do you prove it? There was no DNA right. in use. I mean we had I'm it. I'm sure it's happened a million times. We never had well, you know. Yeah. And the only way to do it was when the other couple came. Right. They had to be of a different ethnicity. Right. And Carl said, I want them to be African-American. Right. Well, he didn't say African-American. I don't know what we were saying then. Black, I guess. Yeah. Negroes had yeah. changed over yeah. the time. But anyway, he wanted to be an African-American couple. And the network, they just couldn't believe he was even thinking it. Right. That. He said, no, they should be Asian or, you know, or something. <laughs> right. Or Indian or whatever. He said, no, it's time to do this. Carl right. Carl is the most amazing. Carl Reiner, yeah. Carl Reiner is the most amazing, courageous, funny, Ugh. sweet, honorable. Oh, God, what a what a treat to yeah. have him in my life as I have. Do you still hang out with those guys, him and Mel? I talk, have... Mel and he and Mel usually have dinner together. Right. right. Uh, and uh, watch a movie at night at Carl's house. and. Their favorite movies are movies that have the line, secure the perimeter. <laughs> they'll, they'll watch anything where you have to secure the perimeter. And, and the other one is, you better get a little rest. <laughs> and uh, so, I mean, they know the Bourne movies by heart at right. this point. So anyway, Carl went to the network and he said, uh, no, it has to be a black couple. And they said, well, Carl, these people are going to come in the door and there's going to be a laugh and it's too early in this movement right for a white couple to make fun of a black couple right and Carl said no no you got it wrong it's the black couple that's making fun of the white couple right and the guy said well we're certainly not ready for that (laughs) (laughs) so Carl said "If, if you don't do it I won't do the show anymore wow 
And so they finally succumbed. So they these couple the couple comes home with Greg a black... Morris it was. Oh wow. Oh wow. So they anyway, come home with a black baby. They, well the whole show is that Dick gets this suspicion because right. they got some flowers that were wrong and everything right. and the baby didn't look like him. And right. It was a hilarious show. I mean it was wonderful. But at the end he finally got he said, You have to come over because you have our baby and we have yours and let's right. let's do it before we get too attached. And so they're coming over and right. Laura, Mary, finds out and she said, There's no way this is not my baby. And it's you know, it's it's funny or strange or interesting things that like you find funny right. or funnier than anything, but than a joke. Right. I mean, there were so many great lines and great moments in that show, but my favorite has always been that when he's about to open the door and Dick and Mary is protecting her baby, her baby, the you know, little carriage, yeah. and she said, "There's no way anyone is taking my baby," and he just stood there and said, "Laura." I think it would be best if you went to your room. <laughs> just the way he said right. it was so great. And then they opened the door, and we didn't know what would happen, right. really. We assumed, but we didn't know. And they came in, and there was a moment of silence. And I was standing next to Carl, and he said, oh, shit. And then a laugh started that didn't stop for about right. 20 minutes. Wow. Every time... We got it under control and went back to pick up the shot. Right. Uh-huh. They'd start again, and they'd start again. <laughs> and it got funnier oh, and go. funnier and funnier. And people started to realize the deeper right. meaning of what was happening. Right. So that was the first Van Dyke. Now, How did you go from, like, it says here that you didn't get credit for writing 14 episodes of the show? No. Oh, no. No, I think what it... What happened is when we became story editors, yeah. we rewrote a lot of stuff, but we never took credit. Isn't that uh, but detrimental you got paid. to your wallet? Yeah, but we were, we were part of the show. And right. It was just Carl's way. I mean, a lot of shows that they'd have a writer come in and then they'd rewrite it mm-hmm. and take credit for it or share the credit. And the Writers Guild would send it out for people to read and decide. And Carl just said... Never. We, we we had a show where a guy won the Writers Guild Award and we had written the show. Carl and Sam Ugh, and I had How annoying show. is that? Uh, and people would always send the final script as a sample of their writing. Right. You know, not the first mm-hmm. script. Exactly. So oh, wow. did you know Mary Tyler Moore was gonna be as huge? Oh God. She already was. Yeah. You know. She was amazing. Oh, I felt I, I was her. so in love with her, and and we became very close when she moved to New York because right. I was the only person who she really knew as a friend. Right. And I mean, everybody in the world wanted her to come here, come right. there, do whatever. And it was so strange. I was walking down the street in Soho with her. How long ago? Oh, right when she first came right. here, and I turned around. And it was, you remember the E.F. Hutton commercial? Yeah, when he yes. Touched, everybody when E.F. Hutton talks. Everybody yeah, yeah. listens and everyone was frozen. And the whole block just was just frozen. Right. <laughs> it was like a motorboat had gone right, through. Right, right. And she was the wake. And right. they, you know, they were the wake of her. Wow. 
I yeah, can't. She, I, she was big. So, how did you discover Marlo Thomas? I did. Marlo Thomas had discovered herself long before. Right. That. I mean, Marlo was a very successful young actress right. in, in, in L.A. and worked. Like theater actress? Yeah. Oh, okay. And she worked and worked and, and, you know, didn't want to be, you couldn't help but be Danny Thomas's daughter, right. but she didn't want to do, get stuff because she was Danny Thomas's daughter. And uh, she had been in a pilot at ABC in 1964 mm -hmm. about four stewardesses who shared an apartment. And back then... That's what women, shows yeah. with, with women were. I right. mean, the only stars of shows were like... Uh, Lucy. Yeah, no. well, that was, you know, that was a couple. Yeah. But, but you know, Spring Byington, who was 80, she mm -hmm. was the star of her show. And Beulah was the star of her show. But young women, there was no way that they were... They were either a nurse... A teacher. nanny, a yeah. teacher, mm -hmm. or it's somebody's Housewife. daughter, like yeah. uh, like on uh, that one with the boat where she was the Gail uh, Gilligan's Island. No, think? no, it was it was a cruise ship, and and it, 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 she was the daughter of this. Oh, not, right. not important. And anyway, Marlowe had been in this pilot, and the pilot didn't sell. But Marlowe had tested very well. Very well. Right. So they decided that they wanted to do a show with Marlowe starring in it. Mm -hmm. And they gave her a bunch of scripts that they had and stuff. And Marlowe was already a very independent. I mean, Marlowe was not, she wasn't, a, it, there wasn't feminism at that point. Right. It, it was just, she was an, an independent, strong person. Right. And so she wanted, to do something where the, the female was really the center and had a life, and that right. was what the show was about. And that that would affect young women and right. show them there were other options in life than getting married or whatever. That's great. When you pitch <clears throat> that show, do they laugh at you? They or frowned. they wanted it. They right. frowned. Wait, but she found you, right? She asked well, you no. to do well, it. Well, what happened was... Uh, Anyway, they gave her these shows, and she came back and said, she gave uh, Ed Sherrick, who was the president of ABC at that time, he, she gave him a copy of the female mystique. Mm -hmm. Feminine. Feminine mystique. God damn it, Bill. I'm sorry. <laughs> and uh, he said, what's this? She said, read it, and you'll see that I want to do a show because this is what's happening. Right. And credit to him, he read enough of it to realize that something was happening. Right. And he said, okay. <clears throat> he said, what'll the show be? And she said, well, I'm not sure, but she'll be an independent girl. She wants to be an actress. And he said, well, who are you going to get to write? He said, I'm going to get Bill Persky and Sam Denoff. Well, at that point, we were so hot. I mean, it was just like... Right. I mean, doing the Van Dyke show, it was like you'd go to a party of people you didn't know, and uh, you'd kind of stand there. People would finally say, what do you do? Uh, I write the Dick Van Dyke show, and then re for the rest of the night, right. you, you were the star of the evening. So anyway, we knew Marlo, and uh, so she asked us to come to London, and she was in Barefoot in the Park, mm -hmm. in a theater in London, 
And she was wonderful. So we said, okay. So we came up with with the series, and then we went and had a meeting. And told, now the original title of the show was Miss Independence, right? Because that's what Danny called Marlo, right? And as we were going along, I said, you know, Miss Independence sounds like you won a contest, or right? Something. And so. My parents had always referred to my sister as that girl. They, they, right. they were because she was always driving them crazy on one level. You know what that girl did today? Oh, I can't believe that. Girl. Right. So I said, I think we should call it that girl. Mm-hmm. And and uh, so we did an opening that showed three different people's idea of who that girl was. Her right. parents looking at her, right. and her agent looking, and then. A guy in a restaurant right. says, where's my waitress? And the busboy says, that girl. And we pushed in on her right. and her hat fell. And stuff. And I said, we can't do it every week. But, you know, it sets up. Who you, and, God, it became the most popular. Bum, 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 Changed the generation. Do, 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 love. Do, 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 love. And you'll be that girl too. Yeah. <laughs> they don't write songs anymore like that. It changed a generation. Yeah. It really did. So that girl, I mean, I fucking loved that show yeah. because it was a girl. It was a girl. And she, show, yeah. yeah, she lived by herself. She had a boyfriend. They didn't live together, but you know. Yeah, there was, you know, it, it's so strange when uh, girls came on. Right. Which I was not a fan of. Uh, the Lena Dunham? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Half Jewish. I, I was yeah. not a fan. And the reason, <laughs> the reason yeah. was that. That girl encouraged right. girls, and that and girls wallowed in their misery, right. you know. And it was—I didn't find it. And, right. and they said, "Well, there are a lot of girls like that." I said, "Well, God, I don't know them. <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen well, you them." You truly are. And now, you discovered Goldie Hawn. Too. Yes. How did you well, discover I didn't her? Discover. We were casting a show, and uh, well, we, Liza said you discovered. Well, we did. Yeah, we right. did. But I mean, she came into the office to mm-hmm. read for the lead woman, the, the wife of the, the the star. And when she came in... What you, show was this? It was called Good Morning World. It was right. about an early morning disc jockey. Okay. And this is before that girl or after that? Be, right, right before. before. Okay. Right. And uh, <clears throat> then uh, she came in and we knew that she wasn't right, but there was something about her that you knew right. you weren't going to let her out right. of the office. So she read the part. And she did it fine. She even brought a little teapot because in the scene, the girl right. pours tea. You know, she had this little can, little right. baby's teapot or something. She picked up at a store. And when she was finished, I said, "Well, you're really not right for the wife, but you're perfect for her." next door neighbor best friend Mm -hmm. she said well I didn't see her in the script and I said until you came in she wasn't in the script so we rewrote it and made her and she was probably so excited she was amazing and you know we the show didn't last that long but George Slaughter who created created uh laughing laughing came to see her because he'd heard about Mm -hmm. her and he picked her right up there Wow. Now, Farah, 
who is Liza's idol, you know. I mean, yeah, she, Liza. Yeah, Li- yeah. Liza has Farrah Fawcett underwear, you know. Really? She really does. <laughs> like, okay. Well, uh, on Rosie, when, yeah. when she was doing Rosie and Farrah was on, Rosie said, well, you're the big fan. And she brought in all kinds of Farrah Fawcett stuff. Right. She said, I even have Farrah Fawcett underwear on. And, right. what are the, and on air, Rosie said, you know, Liza Persky has her underwear. They made her show her <laughs> But at any rate, we were casting another pilot, and this beautiful young woman came in to read. And How uh, old was she? Geez, I don't know. She must have been in her late 20s right. at best. Yeah. And after it was over, the reading... I said, you've got this part. And she got all excited. She said, this is my first audition. I got the part. I said, yes, and you shouldn't take it. You said that? Yeah. And she said, why? I said, because you're going to be so much bigger than this part. Right. And you're going to be stuck with a contract. Right. And we're not going to let you out when everybody wants you, and you're going to end up hating me, and I don't need that. (laughs) I said, so... Don't take the part. She said, well, I, I said, I'll tell you what, it's a Friday. You talk to your agent. Right. You tell him what I said, and you can, you know, he'll call Monday and tell him. Right. So, of course, on Monday he called. He said, I appreciate what you did, and Farrah's going to pass on the part. And about a month later, she was one of Charlie's angels. That's unbelievable. Oh but you see. And you became friends with her. Oh, the, close friends. There, mm-hmm. there was, there's something about a star that right. you just know it. Right. You know, you, you're not going to let them out of your sight. You right. Know? Same thing as Sarah Jessica Parker came right. to read for me a long time ago. Right. You know, before all of this. And I said, you know what? You're going to be a lot bigger than this. You just know. Right. Now, Amazing. what did you think about the Smothers Brothers? I, I love mean, them. Because I feel like we're in that situation now with, you know... <laughs> Stephen Colbert. Oh, I thought you meant that Donald Trump was Tommy. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just, the I love that show. The, Did you ever write anything no, for them? No, Well, yes. The first the first thing they had on television was, right. the, was the Steve Allen show. Right. Them and uh, Timmy Conway. That yeah. was his first oh, Tim, yes. oh, national love. television show. Funniest man right. in the world. Oh, beyond. Dick Van Dyke is the most amazing. Right. But Tom, Tim Conway is yeah. the funniest all-time person. So we wrote for the Smothers Brothers, and and uh, then they went on and got their show, and then they got very political. And a friend of mine, Ernie Chambers, was the producer of that show. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> no, take that back. All right. <laughs> It just seems we're all. Joking. I know, right? I heard Ernie. I was like, yeah. oh, all right. I should have said Ernest. <laughs> all right, sorry. So uh, this has got to be a very boring thing. For no, but listen. No, you may enjoy it, but the, I'll just shut the fuck up. All okay. right, let's go. So anyway, they did I'm their sorry. show, I'm sorry, and Bill. it was a particularly political time. I mean, right. there's a lot going on, the Vietnam War, yeah. and, and there was a lot going on. Today, there's a lot going on, but there's really one thing going right. on, and that's Donald Trump. Right. I mean, the insanity of where he's we insane, are. He's insane, but he's well, insane. Yes, 
He, I don't know that he's insane. I think he's deeply troubled. Right. But the, the, the thing I hold most against Trump is I lost one of my favorite people because of him, because he voted for him. And I, and oh, yeah, just, you can't. It's real? just really yeah. hard to get with I somebody. I love that. Who? who what do you say? He lost a friend. I mean, oh, wow. a guy I worked with and everything. And once this happened, I, I, I kind of oh, didn't know I how see to. what you mean. Didn't yeah. know how to. Relate because so, if you can't yeah. get together and say, "Do you believe what the fuck yeah, is yeah, happening?" Yeah, exactly. Right, you know, but uh, I'm sorry. He, uh, the what Stephen Colbert. Most of the comedy now, political comedy, is snarky, right? And in a way, the 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 comics are doing the punchline to the straight line that is coming from the news right. or you know what i mean it's mm-hmm. a it's a different construct in those days they would create something that people might not have been aware of as going on in the vietnam war right. or something and then they would bring it to their attention and do a sketch on it right. or whatever it was now it's all out there right. so it's what's your joke on it right i mean really most of the comedy is spoken tweets right if you, if you reduce so them to yeah. it you know colbert uh colbert has encapsulized it and it, it, it made his show because right. he didn't know where he was going right. i don't think he knew where he was going before this came well he was so <laughs> entrenched in that other character <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and now he and now he, you he, didn't know who was who. Yeah, and I don't think he could get out of that. Right. Out right. Of that, you know. And now he's got a. Now he's got like a an target. Angle. He's yeah. got an angle. Yeah, yeah. and he's right. And <laughs> of all those guys, I think Kimmel is the best. Really. The late I like night that. guys. I think he's very smooth at what he does. Yeah, I think he's. We know the head writer for that, Gary Greenberg. You know Gary. You know it's funny. Gary Greenberg's the head writer. Well, let, let me let me tell you something. I didn't know that. One of two. I didn't know that you knew him. You know Gary. Last What's night, sweetest mm-hmm. man. Last night, I got a phone call, mm-hmm. and he said, uh, "Mr. Persky." I said, "Yeah," and I thought it was a you know one of those. Yeah. Selling me something, he said. I I don't know if you remember me, but this is Gary Greenberg, and you made such a difference in my life that I've always wanted to call and tell you. This happened last night? Last night, I swear to God. What are the odds? And I said, well, what? He said, well, I did a benefit thing for Carl Reiner, and after it was over, you came up and you talked to me for about a half hour and told me how good I was and that really stick with it and you're gonna, you're really good and you're gonna... And then the next day, I had told Carl how much I liked him. And then Carl called him. And he said, those two phone calls changed my life. That's right. where I had the 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 confidence to right. just go on. I said, well, what are you doing now? Is it all good? And he said, yeah, I'm on the Jimmy Kimmel show. I started, and now I'm the head writer. And so I said, well, that's, it made me feel so good. And it's so <laughs> wow. funny. That you know him. Oh, my God, it's Beshert. It's Beshert. <laughs> and he oh. really was sweet. Sweet. Oh, he's sweet one of those What do you, um, um, there's a couple other topics I really uh, want to discuss. Um, you I, wrote, okay. what? Go. Well, I want to know how proud you are that that girl, that really was like the four 
forefront to like women being strong on television. Yeah, and absolutely. Then led to like Mary Tyler Moore could be after that and yeah. Rhoda, and then it all kind of took yeah. off from that. Yeah. Right, and yeah. then you and it's also wait iconic to the right. fact that from her hairstyle and the fashion right. of the show, and then the whole yeah. '60s. So it really, it really, it really had a social impact. Yeah. And then Kate and Alley. You, yes, you, I, Kate did, and Alley. Was, did you create that show? No, a wonderful writer by the name of uh, Sherry Coben had written a pilot called Two Mommies. <laughs> and CBS was interested. <laughs> and, My kids have two mommies. And they, right, were, and they were interested in getting Susie St. James and yeah. Jane Curtin, who lived in New York. They wanted right. a show to come out of New York. Right. And so I was one of the few people who was in New York, and they said, would you do this, sh you know, you yeah. do, do the show? I said, yeah, I said, I'm, you know, what, what the way I direct is I rewrite. I mean, right. it becomes improvisational and stuff. Right. And I, I said, I'm not in competition with the script, but it'll change, and, right. uh, and I said to Sherry, I said, you know, I'm, I'm respectful, right. but it's gonna change a lot. And then Jane and Susan, I had lunch with them, and they were, uh, Susie was fine, but Jane was very inflexible. Yeah, yeah, well, no, she was not sure she wanted to commit oh, to this. Okay. She didn't know it would be funny. And all during the rehearsal for the first show, which was her first date, she was a single. Right. Her husband had left her for another woman, and she was a new uh, Connecticut social right. woman and she had no functions in life other right. than to dress up right. and feed all her wardrobe was beige right and or as she'd say no this is puce and uh anyway the first show was her first date and the first date was the job that got kelsey Grammer his his no way screen actor's card that yeah. was he was the first date he was the first date and again the minute you saw him, you said, this is going far. Wow. This guy is really great. <laughs> so anyway, Jane had been very reticent and, and unsure. And then in the first scene, when it was over, after all the laughs, she said to Susie, you know, I think this may work. <laughs> She's brilliant. Yeah. She, the both of them. I mean, but Jane Curtin, I would love to meet her sometime. Oh, she is. Such She's a, like the greatest straight She's a yeah. sweetheart. Yep. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're such a feminist. I am. I How mean, did that happen? I Yeah, why don't you listen, Leonard? Well, I, I pretty much <laughs> yeah. was brought up by my mother because yeah. my mm. father was away all the time. I had a sister and my father's aunt, uh, my father's sister lived with us. So I had I saw a lot of women around, and my father wasn't there for a lot of stuff that a man would do. Right. I mean, when I was seven years old, we lived in a in a two family house, and the right. landlord lived on the first floor, and nobody could pay the rent on time. This was 1938, and he came up, and he started to berate my mother. And I jumped on him, and we rolled down the stairs, and no I way. was beating him up. Yeah, I was always the protector, right. you know? 
And then, uh, in my, I just always liked women. Right. I always thought they were strong and smart because my mother right. kept things together, man, when when there was nothing to keep it together right. with. And uh, and my sister was always very special. I, I mean, she was a terrific lady. And, I mean, today at 92, she's probably going to lunch somewhere today and going to a show tonight. Where does she live? Here in the she city? She lives on 68th. And between Lexington, uh, between third and second. Oh, you're right by each other. Very close. Do you see each other all the yeah, time? Yeah, but well, I tell. I Bunny told and her, Bill. I told her. I said the other day. She said we used to go to lunch all the time, and I said I have to admit something. When we went to lunch, it was obvious that I was probably your brother because we looked alike, and I yeah. was younger. I said, and now. When I'm on my cane and not walking, right. people think we're husband and wife, and I can't, <laughs> and it bothers right. me. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, okay, so uh, you worked with Bill Cosby briefly. Yes. Did wrote you a, know what the special for him? Were you aware of his? Also, a fan of women. Yeah, he loves women. loves women. He loves women when they're <laughs> sleeping, pretty much. I tell you, when Bill Cosby started, yeah, there were women lined up. Oh, I bet he the, was so at handsome the, at the door. Yeah, I mean, so the and to this day, to in my mind, the thought of him, he certainly didn't need to do that. Right. So there was obviously some little flaw right. somewhere. That manifested itself that way, but he he didn't have to do that. Right. They were all over the place. Yeah, and <laughs> it's horrible. Um, you like I talked to your daughter Liza. Yes. And she she said that you're like sort of like me with the hating everything and hating everyone. I mean, but you seem not like that. Well, I use the word hate. Right instead of drives me crazy. Right. Like, you want to know one of the things yeah. I hate? I ride the bus right. or the subway. Right. When you have a cane, you use the bus more mm -hmm. because you can't do the stairs. Everybody, I mean, it looks like... Right. It looks, no matter what bus you get on in New York, it looks like the destination right. is Lourdes. Right. <laughs> you know? And the platform is there. Right. Yeah, and they're like, and when yeah. I was on a walker, they started to put the platform on. I said, not yet. Right. <laughs> I lifted the thing up. But it drives me crazy. People will be in the back of a two bus right. chain, they will walk to the front. Get off in the front, holding up the people getting right. on, right. and then walk back to where they already were right. to go someplace. Right. Why won't they go out the back door? The back door. door. Right. They never do. And I, I do. Yeah, I do too. But I, <laughs> yeah. I wonder if somehow it has to do with the back of the bus being... The back of the bus, uh, being the you know from from segregation. And oh stuff. my yeah. God! Well, I don't. I, I can't of think of any right. other. There is no. They're idiots. Logical reason. They're, they're dumb. People are fucking idiots. They, yeah. I mean, and and they're saying use the rear door, use the rear door, and they just walk right up and do it. Drives me. Crazy. So you lived in L.A. and then you moved to New York. Hate and L.A. I know you hate so L.A. Liza me said, too. Yeah, I, we're not. I don't hate it. This is how I describe my L.A. thing. 
uh, when people are like, oh, do you hate LA? Well, first of all, I hate sitting in a fucking car all the time. Yeah. But this is how, when I had to move there for um, work, I remember it was, ER was had just started. Right. And um, I think L.A. Law was on or something like that. I, one of these shows that took place in L.A. Yeah. And I remember if I was in L.A. and I saw the opening. Oh, it was NYPD Blue. And I saw the opening of NYPD Blue. I'd get so depressed and like physically <laughs> nauseous. Like I was so homesick. But if I was in New York and I saw the opening of L.A. Law, I didn't care. That's well. how I... Well, you know oh, what God, you know shit. what you know what Buddy Hackett said about L.A. What he said: you go to L.A. and you get a house and you sit by the pool and you have a dream, and you have a drink, and then you fall asleep and you wake up and it's twenty years later. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm going to have to leave. Why? Because it's I have an appointment with a chiropractor, no less. All right, can at two thirty. All right, wait one second. I have other questions. Uh, sure. Too. Okay, number one. Yes. Um, fuck, what was that? Oh, she said that the day you left, you looked at yourself and you oh, realized uh, you were... Oh, yeah. She who? I, my daughter, Liza, who is a friend. Uh, uh, she's did a, you, uh, she's uh, a producer. Right. Yeah. You're, I wanted to start with that. Your your daughters are all in the business? No, only no. one of them. They okay. all started. But, but one one's of, an Emmy Award winner, correct? Liza, yeah. yeah. She did Rosie. And you know and, Liza. And, yes. And okay. She did Rosie and, and Wendy Williams and a lot of right. shit. Yeah. Okay, so ask And uh, anyway, I was living in L.A. and I was already getting tired because everybody in L.A. has a monologue. Right. Okay. And you go to a party and they update their monologue. Right. Guy hates his wife, does four I hate my wife jokes. Right. Guy, you know, is, whatever it is, they... Pat Pat McCormick, who right. was one of the great writers, yes, he died of his monologue. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> he he was a drinker and right. a carouser and a wild man, and he died as a result of that. But that was his monologue, and so I, and you know, it's like everybody said, "Oh, it's so beautiful, the flowers." And I said, "You know what the vegetation looks like in L.A.?" I said, "Look like God threw up." <laughs> I said, there are plants next to one another that don't exist in nature within 3,000 miles of one another, you know? So it's just so it's hot limited. And you know, I also said, everybody's house belonged to somebody else. Right. right. Uh, you know, I have the old so I said, in LA, you ring the bell and credits roll up. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I had a Mercedes convertible, an old one. Right. That I had bought and taken care of before they were hot shots, before people had forgiven the, right. na the Nazis to the degree that they had. Uh -huh. And I also had a beard, which I loved because it had two gray spikes on right. it. And it was really cool. <laughs> so I was driving, and there's a five-way stop sign in front of the Beverly Hills Hotel. And I got there, and there were three other guys, uh, four other guys there, two of them were in Mercedes convertibles and they had beards <laughs> and two of them were in Rolls Royces and they had beards and I looked around and I said I'm not them I gotta get out of here <laughs> and that was it really absolutely <laughs> how old were the kids well let's see it was 25 years oh, ago wow. so you they were in, in their New early York's 20s yeah wow um that's great what so what really pisses you off I mean 
we could talk about Trump for an hour. Oh, you have to go to the fucking chiropractor. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever think in your lifetime someone could say the shit that he has said and become pre- president well, the of the thing, United States? Well, the thing about it is I say he's going to eventually say something and that's going to be it. And then every day he does and it isn't it. I know. What, what the fuck is that? You can't write a character like that, can no. you? And he has no respect for the office of the presidency. Yeah. He doesn't understand it. Well, he doesn't right. understand he doesn't. history, American right. history, he, he the presidency. Care. But you know what? Whoever would, as a president, would refer to the head of another country as a smart cookie. I know. <laughs> but the people who he who love him talk like that. Right. They understand smart cookies. So you haven't talked to your friend at all? Yeah, we've talked. I mean, and we're going to get together because I love him too much. And is he in show business? Yes. And he voted for Trump? Yeah. Is he Jewish? He was. (laughs) What does that mean? He changed his religion. Not because of Trump, but because of factors, very serious factors in his life. I hate to leave you. Who the fuck changes their religion because of factors? I know who it is. All right. Um, what? Uh, now, I, I'm sure nobody listening to this enjoyed this as much as you did. I loved it. <laughs> I love it. You too. You have, we have, we We're ask for people, ask for people to, to let you to know. Ask. Yeah. No, we love it. I well, want we're, more. We're in the business. We, right. We're Listen. We, get, we, can, we can talk history of classic Tele- television. Now. We have to have we come ask, back so we can ask I know. television questions. We ask every guest right. uh, this this question uh, because we promote mental health. But right. are you <laughs> on, or have you ever been on any antidepressants? Yes. Yeah, I knew it. Yeah, I'm very. I, I know. I'm very pro. I mean, I would be in a mental institution if I didn't have them, mm. and that's why I, I want to normalize it. They're what? good. Well, what'd you do before the antidepressant? What do people do besides drink and? <laughs> I don't know. You survived, right? You know, and you just lived with it, right? And they're not miracles, but they they they, they do definitely take an help, ed- they right? Take an edge Who was somebody you worked with that really should have been on all that stuff? Harry Crane. Do we know Harry Crane? Harry Crane was the most famous joke writer in Hollywood. Really? He wrote for Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis and everybody else. He was... Wow. He was... You know, they referred to writers in L.A. The nicest guy in the world, he can't can't write his own name. Right. Or the most brilliant writer you ever saw, don't turn your back on him. Right. Harry Crane was the most brilliant writer in the world, don't turn your back on him. Really? Yeah, he... He just, he was so creative. I loved him. I mean, I must say I loved him. But he was such a wily creature to get himself out in front. It was amazing. Wow. I had a good time here with you guys. Thank you so much. If you ever want me back, I'll come back. Yeah, I want to come back and get like, people can ask you whatever question you don't know anything about actual, my, my life and the things that I have lived through. Yeah, well, we'll ask. Very intriguing. Well, thanks a lot for bringing that up right now. Now I'll just get my cane. Oh, God. Wait, take your headset off. I'll tell you an interesting thing about canes. Yeah, move your mic up. Yeah, go ahead. You find out a lot about other people when you're 
when you have a cane. Mm. And one of the things you learn on a subway or bus... Is that only women get up. No. <laughs> the only people who do not get up are white Caucasians between 15 and 25. Never has a kid in that really? age group... Really? Never. Or Asian kids, African-American kids, everybody gets up. Except I was on the subway, and there was this real jock sitting there with his headset on and there was a woman with a baby sitting next to him and another lady with a lot of bags over there and I'm swaying back and forth and people are looking at him you know and I didn't care because most of the time I'd rather stand up because right. it, it's easier and so at one point the announcement comes on and says subway courtesy requires that you surrender your seat to someone who is elderly someone who is infirmed or someone who is pregnant. And I said, two out of three. <laughs> <laughs> he never Never, never got up? <laughs> never moved. Fuck him, I hate him. <laughs> never moved. Oh, uh, my God, I love you, Bill Persky. I love you guys, thank you. Thank, thank you, you for being here. That's fantastic. This will be actually on a radio or something? No, it'll be on, on uh, podcast? yes, podcast? yeah. Oh, I'll, okay, I'll send you the info. Okay. And if you ever should have the desire for me to come back. Oh, please. I will do it. I'm dying Can I help to know you who out? The, I got it. No, I'm, okay. I'm dying to know who the person who changed his religion. Uh, I'll tell you off the air, but you can't. <laughs> Does he look like an insect? No. Oh. Bye, Bill. Bye, Bill. Bye. You know what I love about old people? They just, he's go, I got to go. And he gets up and leaves. <laughs> and just walks right out the door. I like him. He's fascinating. Yeah. He lived through, there's so many questions I didn't even get to. Like, I mean, he's worked with all these people. I know. We could just go, what do you think about him? What do you think? Right. When you went to the bathroom, at, I was asking him about Mel Brooks. What did he say? And, uh, did we keep that? Or uh, Woody Allen. I said, do you work with Woody Allen? Yeah. You know, he's like, well, he knew him, but he didn't really work with him. Right. So, but, I mean, I could go, Dick Sean, how brilliant was he? And, right. And all the, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And he created two incredible shows for women. Like, I know. So important. Yeah, Kate and Allie. Kate and Allie's a monster hit. That girl. Yep. I, I want to ask her, I got 20 questions about Susan St. James. Oh, please. How gorgeous uh, was she? I know, we got to. Um, yeah, come on, we got to have her all right. back. All right, well, thank you all. Um, this was great, thanks. I'm glad I met you. You're it. coming back. All right, I'll I'll ask Mr. Persky tons of questions. Yeah, all right. What, have... You got to put his daughter in context, you know, when you start this stuff. Oh, sorry, his daughter's Liza, sorry. <laughs> But I wanted to have hi the daughter and him on because she would have prompted him into like some really exactly, good... and she's fascinating too. I know she's come great. on. God damn it! People. I give up. I'm, I'm leaving. Fuck you. Uh, listen, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I enjoy. I love Bill. Per I love. You know what? There's. I love older people. They're so fascinating. They you get so the history. I know. My first. My next question was going to be like. Uh, Compare Nixon, that era you lived oh through, to this God. era. Oh, my God. Hello. That's my Sorry. first question out of the gate next time for Bill Persky. Right. Let's write that down. All right. Let's okay. write it down. All right. All right. Thank you all for listening. And as we always say, <laughs> so long. And uh, everything was wonderful. I'll see you soon. Thank you for the visit. So long.